Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome into the Jeff Andreas Show, and thank you so much for tuning in here with me today. It is Wednesday, March 18th. On today's show, I will be joined by the CAO of the Thompson-Nicola Regional District. Yes, Randy Deal is in the role on an interim basis. He has been officially on the job for about a month, and this feels like uh, it must be a pretty difficult time or a difficult way, if you will, to start a new gig. So I'll be checking in with him in about 10 minutes' time, see how the TNRD is handling things and really how challenging it can be right now for senior administrators to focus on things that are not coronavirus-related. To kick off the back half of the show, I'll be speaking with the executive director of the Kamloops Food Bank. There are a number of issues that COVID-19 is causing for them, and there is also a concern about being overwhelmed as more and more people find themselves being temporarily laid off and not collecting a paycheck. Of course, we also have the issue when it comes to that panic buying out there and what is that doing for supply for uh, not only those who are looking to go to the grocery store to stock up for themselves, but what does that leave for the food bank? So I'll be talking with Bernadette Siraki at around the 35-minute mark of this hour. And then to end things off, it is time for another edition of That's Whack Wednesday. But to begin today's show, I want to talk about what is happening with education in the province and specifically here in the Kamloops-Thompson district. Over the weekend, TRU made the move to eliminate face-to-face learning. And now yesterday, the province's Minister of Education, Rob Fleming, announced that all schools are immediately suspending in-class instruction until further notice. Students, every student will receive a final mark. All students who are on track to move to the next grade uh, in the fall will do so. For grades 10 and 11 students, uh, graduation assessments will be postponed. Uh, I know that parents uh, of students in grade 12 will have unique concerns. Every student eligible to graduate grade 12 this year will graduate. So what exactly does any of that mean for us here locally? Well, I'm joined on the line now by SD73 Superintendent of Schools, Allison Cito. Allison, thank you so much for taking the time here. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. Yeah, so yesterday's announcement, I mean, schools essentially canceled until further notice. I mean, was this surprising for you guys at SD73, or had you been almost anticipating that this was probably going to happen? Well, we were anticipating that there was the potential for things to escalate within British Columbia, and so we were um, preparing in advance for a number of different scenarios um, so that we would be ready to go uh, if and when there was such an announcement. So, I mean, I would anticipate, I guess, right now, based on what was said yesterday by um, the education minister, that this is kind of the end of the school year as we know it right now, but is there any world, I guess, where you could see things starting back up at this point or I mean probably not even looking at that at this this stage of the game well I guess there are just so many unknowns and things are changing so quickly so we are planning to uh, ensure that there's continuity of learning and that students are connected to a teacher um, and that their learning continues um, into the foreseeable future we do know that this is going to end at some point in time this is not forever um, but we all need to do our part at this point in time to flatten the curve to slow the the virus so that our 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 pharmacists our medical protect practitioners can actually begin to deal with the people that are really sick now we're seeing obviously with post-secondary they're moving a lot to to online i mean is that something that could have could have been 
you know, thought of for, for K to 12 students? Or is that like just something that is really difficult to, uh, to administer, um, you know, for, for maybe those in younger grades? Or, you know, is, is that something that was even talked about? Many of our teachers are already using online platforms to communicate with their students. Um, and so we know that there are tools out there that our teachers will access. Uh, for the younger students, we are putting together a plan um, to determine how we will uh, ensure that there is some continuity of learning. That is in the works now. We're waiting for our principals to return on Monday. Uh, and once they do, we'll begin to roll that plan out. Teachers will be informed and support staff. And then eventually our parents next week should hear a much more detailed plan, which will allow them to prepare for supporting their students in a, in a home environment for learning. Okay. Um, what does this mean specifically for, you know, for students? Essentially, from what I understand, it's everyone's pretty much going to be graduating to the next grade at this stage of the game. But the one group that, you know, I'm kind of worried about or have more questions about is those in grade 12, right, who are looking to go to university or college. Um, difficult spot to be in, I would think, uh, you know, not have those exams and things at the end of this year. Sort of what is the situation for them right now? I mean, is there anything that's kind of unique for these grade 12s compared to those in other grades? Well, I would say that we have a couple of priorities, and top of mind, of course, are our grade 12 students. Uh, they will be our primary focus. We need to ensure that they have all the credits required in order to graduate. When you're in grade 12 um, and you are a millennial, you have a lot more um, ability to manage uh, your learning online. Our teachers are very adept at that. So we will find ways to support their learning so that those students do receive final marks they do graduate if they're eligible and that they are prepared for post-secondary. I know post-secondary institutions are also looking at their requirements and will be uh, making some adjustments as well so that students needn't worry about their plans being um, scuttled as a result of this virus. Uh, we are supporting you. We will make sure that you do graduate. That was a commitment from the minister. It's certainly our commitment um, and I know our teachers will be very anxious to support them as well. So uh, that is one group that is is definitely a priority. The other priority of course are those students who come from maybe more vulnerable homes where families um, struggle to put food on the table. We're really worried about those families. We have a number of, of students who rely on us for nutrition. So we'll be also finding, um, we'll reaching out to those families, we'll be developing a plan to support them and making sure that they get the, the nutritional support that's required in order for them to, to feel safe and comfortable and ready to learn. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different uh, scenario there when talking about those those food programs and things like that. I'm talking with the uh, food bank here later in the program, so um, definitely we'll get a little more of an update on what's going on with those uh, services as well. Um, so is this? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of kids out there who are basically looking at this as a chance for um, you know an extended spring break, or it's almost uh, an indefinite spring break until their summer break. I mean, is that? You know, you've talked about a lot of supports that were going to be out there for students to try to, um, you know, help them still continue to do some learning and make sure they're not left behind when they do move on to the next grade in September. But, um, you know, is this almost going to be like a, an extended summer break for a lot of kids? Is that what it's going to kind of feel like at this stage? I, I don't believe so. I think when you walk out into our communities, um, you can feel the difference. Um, people are taking this very seriously. Um, I'm impressed with the level of sort of 
civic duty that people are expressing in their daily lives. And I think families and even our students uh, understand that this is an unusual time. It's an unprecedented time. And this isn't a, a time to be... Um, uh, I guess kicking up your heels after sort of the year, the, the year's work. This is time to find an alternate way to continue your studies. And I, I my sense is that people are there's a more somber feeling out there, and that people are taking this very seriously. So I'm sure that there will be some students who uh, maybe feel that they've got a little more freedom than they once had. But uh, we're going to make sure that there is a lot of contact with their classroom teachers and that the learning does continue. So it'll be a partnership between parents, uh, the staff, and of course the student. And um, I, I don't think they should feel like they're off the hook just yet. All right. I, uh, yeah, I hope everyone is taking this very seriously. Like that's all we can hope yeah. I guess, at this stage. Um, a couple of questions yeah. left here for you, Allison. Um, one was sure. just involving childcare. Uh, you know, what happens after spring break? I mean, is there going to be some childcare opportunities still available for parents when it comes to, you know, uh, the, the services available at schools? What, what is sort of the plan for childcare right now? Yeah, we, we realize that this is um, a hardship for many families. Um, our first priority, of course, is to support those families who have health professionals as parents, uh, who are emergency responders, first responders, and or pharmacists, those who are supporting us during this very challenging time. So we will be looking at options for those who require uh, care or some level of service for their students during the day while they're at work. So that is top of mind as well. Um, and my staff are working on a plan to address that um, today and into tomorrow. All right. And last question here for you. What does this mean for, for teachers right now? I'm sure there are some teachers out there who might be worried that, um, you know, with school not really going ahead as normal, they might not get paid. Sort of what, what is the plan for dealing with teachers right now? Or is it, you know, um, different for contract teachers versus part-time teachers? Or, you know, is there has that been a, a long discussion about what's going to happen with them yet? Uh, yes, of course. We... We are public servants. We serve our public, our teachers, and our support staff, and all the staff in SD73 um, are required to be at work and to, to contribute uh, to the success of our students and to this national effort. And so, uh, yes, our staff will be at work. They will be paid. Things will look very different, um, and we will be, we're working on that now. And again, once our principals are back uh, on Monday, um, we will begin to roll out a plan. Uh, teachers and principals and all our support staff have been informed that they need to be checking their uh, emails regularly for communication from the district. We've begun those regular updates so that they know how to report to work, where to report to work, and what the expectations are. So we'll be rolling that out in the next um, little while here with our staff, and we should have a full plan to communicate to our public um, shortly. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much ahead for questions. I think it's important to note that it's an ever-changing situation, right? And whatever we say today can, can might not even be relevant tomorrow. It's always a possibility. But uh, anything else that you want to add while I have you on the phone here, Allison? No, but I, uh, you're right. The situation is fluid, and so that's why it's important for parents and and staff to continue to check for regular updates on our webpage, in their email, and on social media. We'll be communicating daily with folks, so. Um, 
please do visit our website and learn more about what this means for you and your family. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Allison. Really appreciate your time and, uh, yeah, some interesting times we live in. So hopefully we can, uh, we can navigate through them okay. We will get back to normal, though, so we mustn't forget that. Awesome. Thank you very much. That was the superintendent of schools for SD73, Allison Cito. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to be talking with the CAO of the TNRD, Randy Deal. He's going to be joining me after this, so stay tuned for more Jeff Andrea Show. The voice of your community, Radio NL 610 AM News Talk at RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show, and thanks for tuning in here on Radio NL. It is, of course, Wednesday, March the 18th, and COVID-19 is is the topic du jour right now, and I don't have to tell any of you about that, hopefully. Uh, I am joined on the line now by the CAO of the Thompson-Nicola Regional District to figure out a little bit more about what's happening there. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join me here, Mr. Randy Deal. Well, thank you, and uh, I'm glad to be able to provide some more information to the public as best I can today. Yeah, so I just wanted to start with this question. I mean, you've been uh, on the job basically on an interim basis for about a month. Could you have imagined when you started the position that this was kind of how things were going to unfold? No, not at all. I've I've been uh, been at the forefront of fires and and floods in the past in terms of supporting uh, the regional district's efforts to fight those, uh, but uh, never dreamt that I'd be part of a, uh, an effort to deal with the virus, uh, a virus that's sweeping through the country. It's uh, a little unreal for me at this point. Yeah, I can only imagine. Is it difficult right now as a senior administrator to even look at you know other work in the in the communities that you're 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 representing when you know COVID nineteen is really the the main focus of everybody right now? I mean, can you even really focus on any sort of other tasks at hand? Well, the other tasks get put to the side. Uh, The main focus will be uh, and has been for the last week or so in looking at how do we uh, manage our services to the public and at the same time uh, protect the public and our staff from from the virus. And And we're trying to think ahead of the curve so that we're not in a reactionary mode. And, of course, we're relying on provincial and federal authorities to provide advice because we're not experts in, in the health field. So it's been, uh, it's been daily. It's the target moves uh, hourly. Uh, we're slowly but surely uh, shutting down services. Uh, we, we moved this week to shut down all library services in the region and all community halls that we own and operate. And we've encouraged our other community halls that are operated by societies to do the same. Uh, we're dealing with our fire halls out in the region and telling them that uh, perhaps you should suspend the uh, the fire practices and and uh, make sure that nobody in the public comes to the fire hall itself. Uh, so one step at a time is what we're moving on right now. Uh, we've incurred this morning. We're encouraging uh, the public who need services to not come to the to our offices, but to try to connect with us through internet or telephone. Uh, we've set up barriers uh, in our front counter areas to separate the public from our staff, our front counter staff. Uh, every uh, hour of the day, we're looking at uh, slightly more uh, closures. We're encouraging staff, uh, we'll be encouraging staff who can work from home to do so. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, we may be shuttering down our services like so many other municipalities are right now. So. Uh, just a forewarning to people that there's a good chance in the next 48 hours we'll be shuttering our doors down. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I guess, a similar message really from municipalities almost across the country right now as things slowly shut down. I guess, you know, over the next little while, do you anticipate or, I mean, it's hard to really even, I guess, guess what predict. is going to happen, right? Um, but yeah. Well, I think- 
Go ahead. The important thing the public needs to know is that because our doors are closed doesn't mean we're going we're to stop providing services. For example, building permits is a, is a, is a big item for a lot of people and, and helps keep the economy going. Uh, we can we can do that on a virtual basis uh, and having staff come in and out in a staggered way without putting anybody at risk. We're also uh, really strongly encouraging the public and our staff to practice social distancing. Uh, so we can provide some services over the next uh, the next while. How long can we maintain them uh, is is everybody's guess because we don't know how long we're going to be in this this mode. Um, but we will continue to have staff uh, operate the offices and the services. It's just that we won't be allowing people to come through our doors uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, I did want to ask you, too, because we have about a minute left here while I have you on the phone. I mean, trying to talk about something not necessarily involving COVID-19. Um, we're starting to get, you know, into spring mode a little bit. And, of course, um, right. that is the potential for, you know, some floodings to begin as the snowpack starts right. to melt. So I'm just wondering what sort of the TNRD is doing to prepare for that season right now. Well, we're, we're connected to uh, the provincial government with respect to understanding the snow loads, and we know that the snow loads are generally higher than normal in, in most areas in our region. Uh, the big risk is going to be in the next month or so for the, uh, for the localized floods, uh, usually considered to be flash floods, where you've got rapid melt and rain uh, over top of snow. So we're preparing now to uh, deliver sand and, and sandbags to, or uh, gunny sacks to areas that we know are problem areas. Uh, in terms of the freshet, the large freshet coming down the Thompson and the Fraser Rivers, those are things uh, or the kinds of events that we can prepare for in advance, uh, and we're watching them very closely. It's the flash floods that are that are a challenge for us, and so we're we're getting ahead of the curve by making sure that sand and uh, gunny sacks are delivered to certain problem areas. Perfect. Well, Randy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Really do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, pleasure. life does go on despite the fact that we are all pretty much isolated. So It does. Stay safe out there. <laughs> you as well. That's the, the CAO of the Thompson-Nicola Regional District, Randy Deal. Uh, let's take a quick break here. And coming back, I will be talking with the executive director of the Kamloops Food Bank. Coronavirus is, of course, having an impact there as well. I'll be chatting with Bernadette Siraki after this. Opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jeff Andrea Show and thank you so much for tuning in here with me today. Of course, the, you know, the only real news to talk about these days is coronavirus and COVID-19 and how it's impacting all of us in various ways throughout the province, the country and our own community here in Kamloops as well. And of course, the Kamloops Food Bank is dealing with some repercussions, of course, too. Here now to talk a little bit more about what those are is the Executive Director, Bernadette Siraki. Thank you so much for joining me here, Bernadette. Thank you for having me, Jeff. So, yeah, maybe just tell me a little bit about what you're seeing at this point in time and, and how COVID-19 has affected your operation. I mean, I'm sure there are some impacts that you're seeing as a result. Yeah, absolutely. We've been keeping a careful 
ear open to the um, direction given by the provincial and federal government. And, you know, last week we really created a procedure that we felt was um, meeting the the requirements. We uh, started having only 10 clients in the waiting area at a time, which is unique for us because we typically have, you know, hundreds of people, people filter through here in a day. So many had to wait outside. But as they seem to be okay with that, our clients were really thankful that we were open and maintaining service. So uh, as they were coming in, they were hand sanitizing, wearing gloves, choosing their product. But I feel as though we hit a tipping point, at least for us, this past weekend. And everything seems to have very quickly shifted and um, the tables have turned quickly. And so for us, what we're noticing is um, the donations, the perishable food donations in the stores have decreased dramatically. And as this uh, situation is unfolding with um, self-isolation and people not going to work, etc., we are noticing an increase in demand at our food bank. So for the very first time in years, we literally ran out of perishable product today and we needed to make um, another plan. So what we are doing, starting this morning, we will be seeing a shift in the way that we distribute the food to our clients. And I think for us, um, we are noticing ramifications from the bulk buying that we're seeing um, the general public do. So for us, we know we need some more soup at this point. We're connecting in with um, all of the stores here in town, the retail operations, and they're reporting to us, you know what? We don't have enough for our shelves. We're being shorted by the warehouse. Um, Product is selling the moment we put it on the shelves. Um, Our drivers have been reporting that the freezers at several stores have been nearly empty. of all product and we're definitely noticing that um, we're not able to access the product from the stores nor is it being donated because it's being purchased so rapidly yeah the panic buying is definitely having um, a lot of people worried about sort of what what is the situation right if, if I haven't gone grocery shopping in yeah. a while am I gonna be able to get food and you know a food bank might be one of those places that kind of gets left behind a little bit right people aren't necessarily <laughs> thinking about others when they're so worried about hey what if I get stuck at home for 14 days Well, you know what? Honestly, I have to tell you, this city does always think of us. And the number of businesses that have connected in with me today and business leaders have been, honestly, almost immeasurable. Uh, Mike Miltimore from Riversong Guitars connected in. Uh, MJ, your marketing coordinator from Stingray, connected in to see what they could do. Jared Summers, owner of Noble Pig and... um, and Forno, uh, they realized that they or they made the decision to close and connected in right away with us to see um, if they could donate perishable product. The casinos are closing in town. They connected in with us to donate all of their perishable product. Um, the TR, TRU Culinary Arts. So all of these pickups will be occurring this week as these locations are closing. So we really see that we're going to be getting an influx of those perishable products, which is exactly what we need. So Kamloops really does show up. But what's unique about this um, pandemic? Of course, it's unprecedented. It hasn't happened in any of our lifetime, lifetimes. Like We don't know what to expect, how to plan. We can only go day to day. Yesterday, we were advised that schools are now closed. Well, that's really going to affect the number of people that are coming here. These kids, many of them are getting supported with meal programs in the schools. And now that's going to be ending for them indefinitely. 
So we're all just doing the best that we can to try and minimize the risk. And at the food bank, we don't want to close. That would be honestly the very, very last possibility for us. Like we don't even want to think about that. So we have very dedicated staff and volunteers. But honestly, for the first time ever, I can't encourage people to come and help us here. Um, right? Yeah, that's we're not what I was able to ask. have. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is probably some concern eh, about not just new volunteers, but even existing volunteers maybe not wanting to come in and, and do their part, right? Because of the concerns that, that we have with the social distancing right now. Absolutely. So we have many volunteers who are choosing to just take a, a little bit of time away, being very respectful, of course, of not wanting to transmit anything or to or to catch anything. Um, uh, we have one volunteer, longtime volunteer for years. She was away in Mexico. Um, she's self-isolating um, for two weeks on her um, return back home. So we're grateful for that. But we're also being advised by the government to not have groups greater than 50. And that, in, that affects us at the food bank in a, you know, in a powerful way, we have 12 staff that are here, you know, full-time every day, supported by 30 volunteers. I mean, just our contingent that is here daily um, is nearing the 50 mark. And so we've had to reduce that a little bit with volunteers. And then we're only having 10 clients at a time through the client waiting area. And then we have some big events coming up, like the Rotary Spring Food Drive. We've had to stop or sorry, or to suspend this food drive, um, not the food drive itself, but we have a breakfast beforehand for the Rotarians and then a lunch when they come back in, sort of hamburgers and hot dogs and just camaraderie and community and celebrating, you know, what a, a generous community we live in. We're pretty much asking them, take those yellow bags out, which are back, by the way, they're biodegradable, uh, pick them up, bring them back and just keep moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, please, Kamloops, put those yellow bags out. We really, truly require those donations and we're rationing them so that they can last us the long term. And for our clients that are listening to this, Easter hampers, we typically, we have we have special hampers for Easter, for Christmas, Thanksgiving. And uh, this time we're not able to do that. On those days, we have 500 people in this building and we can't do that. And that's crazy. I um, know. Yeah, just so many things are being impacted and a food bank is just one, you know, you don't necessarily think of all these little things of you know, the, the food drives you have set up and just the amount of people that are in that building. Are you surprised, uh, you know, that you've already seen a bit of an uptick in people wanting to, to come to the food bank and get some resources through you guys? Are you surprised that it's happened this quickly? Because it feels, to me anyway, and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels pretty early to start seeing, um, you know, individuals start turning to the food bank already. Well, I think... In times of crisis or panic, people can turn on their emergency thinking very quickly. And that could be what's happening here. I mean, I'm just making an assumption. But um, we're seeing sort of that hoarding piece with our, our own clients who... Um, are used to our system as well. uh, Yesterday, we had more requests for emergency hampers, which they can access in addition to coming the once a week. They can access that once every three months, and nearly 70% of the clients that went through accessed those. Um, So, you know, they're trying to stock up their their shelves as well, and we need to um, ensure that everybody is getting the same amount. So I'm asking for patience and understanding with our clients. For those who are listening, we respect you. We care about you 
you. We're trying to keep a safe environment here and ensure that everybody has food for as long of a time as possible. So um, the stores remain our very strong partners. It's just that people are buying everything that they order mm-hmm. and that they have in their stores. And um, um, so thank you for giving us what you can. And we're going to stretch it as long as we, you know, as we possibly can. And I'm, I'm apologizing to our clients for, you know, the decrease in, in service a little bit to them, but they are still going to get food from us. We don't want to close. You mentioned it, you know, you're doing groups of 10 through at a time. And right. um, that's obviously probably lengthening the amount of time people are waiting to, to access the food bank services. Mm-hmm. Um, is that at all impacting your hours of operation in terms of, you know, is anyone having to like stay later to make sure people are, are getting through when they need to? Is that a, a, an issue that you're dealing with at all at this point? You know, that's a good observation on your part. And so what we are, um, what our shift this morning is, is to create those pre-made hampers. So there is, um, it removes the choice and the time waiting for the people outside as well. Um, and you're right. There's a lineup of people outside waiting. And, and we can't stop that. We can't stop people from waiting outside. So what we can do is sanitize them on the way in. <laughs> They're all getting hand sanitizer and gloves and encourage them to leave as quickly as possible with the with the product that we're giving them so and they're not touching anything really so we're trying to get them in and out as quickly as possible and processed with with um, a significant amount of product still and um, that's what we're trying to do at this point but you know what we're noticing we have to be very flexible with our planning what we thought was a very solid plan on friday became obsolete on Monday mm-hmm. and we needed to replan and then again replan on on Tuesday for um, the plan for this morning so we um, we have a, a very dedicated staff thankfully dedicated board and here's hoping that we can maintain this plan for the longer term because who knows how long this is going to last I mean none of us have lived through this before this type of situation I um, uh, read on Twitter today that um, our our medical director Bonnie Henry had said this is not ending in two weeks. So I don't yeah. know when it will. Yeah, when I don't it, think anybody does. It's just sort of play it by ear, right? I mean, we self isolate for two weeks, but then you know, someone who is <laughs> testing positive tomorrow has another two weeks. So I mean, it's yeah. just a rolling timeline at this point. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I did also want to ask while I have you here, Bernadette, um, you know, we, last time I had you on, we talked all about, you know, the empty bowls campaign and, um, you know, that was a pretty exciting initiative that was happening in March, but this is obviously having a, a, an impact on that. Um, is it still possible for people to, um, you know, order soup from participating restaurants? I know a lot of people are looking to, to do takeout instead. So is there still an opportunity in that regard to support the food bank in some way? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we created this this different kind of Empty Bowls event where people could go into, we were trying to highlight, you know, the, the restaurants and chefs in the downtown core. And as, as uh, you know, it was only 11 days or 12 days ago that we did the soup crawl and we had leaders from across our our city um, having a really fun time taste testing all of these different soups at the different restaurants and we were live feed etc that was 11 or 12 days ago where we were really joyful about this and 12 days later I have Jared Summers uh, owner of um, Noble Pig and Forno calling me saying hey we are shutting down we're worried about you know the spread of this virus we're concerned about our staff and can we bring our perishable product to you I mean that's in 12 days so you know what yes people can order soup the greater 
you know, I mean, the, the landscape has changed since we started this event. So obviously we're not necessarily highlighting it. We're necessarily, you know, we're highlighting safety for people making good decisions about where you go, about what you do, about sanitizing, washing your hands and not touching your face. Those are, you know, those are really the two biggest ways to not spread this or to not, you know, um, um, get it yourself. Mm-hmm. So just be really cautious about, about you know, your habits. And so, yes, empty bowls is important, and yes, we need support, but um, people's safety and lives are, are you know, just as important mm-hmm. as giving people food. So, um, yes, that would be great if you can order a takeout. I mean, it supports the restaurants, but it's also important that you make good decisions for your your health. I mean, if people want to donate to us, going online is a great option. We have a donate now piece. Of course, we always need, I always say we need three things to survive at the food bank, and that is food donations, um, donations that are, you know, financial and volunteering. And right now, for the first time in the 12 years I've been here, I'm I'm not asking for someone to volunteer, which is very odd for me to not invite new people into, you know, our work, home, and community, and this generous place. So if you want to help support what we're doing, you can go online and help do that. But honestly, focusing in on the safety of you and your family is the only way that this this is going to hopefully move forward quickly. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see how things unfold. I mean, on Friday, I'm part of a rotary group in town, and on Friday we had the president of TRU speaking to us. I mean, that's how fast things changed over the weekend. I feel like this was a tipping point this weekend. And on the Friday, he said, you know, he didn't mention at all anything about um, the university closing. And on Monday, that was the first bit of news that that came out and then yesterday we heard about the all of the schools closing and of course alberta schools closed on monday as well i mean these are unprecedented times yeah it's um (laughs) this is something i've never seen and i've been doing news for about a decade now and you know like you said this is something we haven't seen in anybody's lifetime here right the last closest thing we've already talked about is the spanish flu which is 100 years ago and not too many people around from that, so it's uh, it's we just kind of learn as we go here, and it yeah. sounds like tough times at the food bank, but I'm hoping that uh, you know doing things like this will get the word out that you know people do need donations and the the need is getting greater, and and I really hope things uh, you know don't don't go southward any more than they already have. Thank you, thank you, Jeff, for connecting and and caring about you know our our mission to feed um, our community's most vulnerable. So thank you. Absolutely, thank you so much for your time, and uh, you like like I said, best of luck here. Thank you. That was the executive director of the Kamloops Food Bank, Bernadette Siraki. Coming up next, well, the week is half over, which means it is time for That's Weck Wednesday. Please stick around. More Jeff Andre Show coming up next. to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show here on March the 18th. It is Wednesday, the middle of the week. Hump day, if you will. It all goes downhill from here, both in the week and on this show. It is time for That's Whack Wednesday. It's That's Whack Wednesday. Whack. The whole 
world is whack right now. This is honestly a bit of a tough segment to write this week. You know, generally I try to keep this thing a little bit silly, a little bit light, but it's just such a tough thing to do in this current state of world affairs. Now, everything is whack right now, as I just said, and I just don't know how to necessarily go about this. So I'll take it on more of a serious approach. Let's just start off with the big news of the day here, and that was Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announcing that the Canada-U.S. border is essentially shutting down in order to slow the spread of COVID-19. Deputy Prime Minister Freeland has been in touch with Vice President Pence and Secretary Pompeo. I just spoke to President Trump again this morning, and we have agreed that both Canada and the United States will temporarily restrict all non-essential travel across the Canada-U.S. border. That's a move that I think many had been waiting for here. I had seen many a social media post from people who say this should have been done days ago. Well... It's happening now. And anyone out there who still is not taking this whole situation seriously, well, we can only hope that seeing these types of announcements will resonate and demonstrate just how big of a crisis we're actually in. This is life and death for many people out there. You got out of line, you got whacked. Everybody knew the rules. Now, it won't be the ones who get out of line that are going to really get sick or perish as a result of this thing. Right? That's just not how karma seems to work sometimes. It will be the ones, though, that those dummies come into contact with that will be probably the most impacted. And if you're one of those people out there thinking, well, I'm not going to die from it, well, do you really want to spend two weeks sitting around staring at the wall and wishing you could just, you know, leave the house? My friends, that is a very whack attitude. Whack! Now, this is a step that I thought, you know, would be coming, and now it has. Like I had mentioned earlier, Trudeau went on to say that we are now being discouraged from even visiting people who live across the street, or if you live in a condo like myself, across the hall even. Both our countries, we're encouraging people to stay home. We're telling our citizens not to visit their neighbors if they don't absolutely have to. Well, this collaborative and reciprocal measure is an extension of that prudent approach. I want to be clear, though, that essential travel will continue. Our governments recognize that it is critical that we preserve supply chains between both countries. So it's not new information, but let's just say it again. Don't go anywhere you don't absolutely have to. Avoid people as much as you possibly can. Call your loved ones. Give them a call. Just check up on them. See how they're doing. And of course, you know... Check in on the elderly. Make sure you see how they are doing. This is important stuff. Use your phones. Use our technology to our advantage. This is something that we, you know, we couldn't have done 100 years ago. You couldn't FaceTime your mom and dad to check up on them and see how they're doing. Well, now you can. And yes, it sucks. You can't actually go visit them in person and give them a big hug and hope and tell them that everything is going to be okay. But you can still see their face and you can still hear their voice and you can still talk to them. So let's use our technology to our advantage. If you don't have to go out, don't. And to all those doctors, nurses, health workers, thank you so much for doing all the great work that you have so far to keep us safe. And things I'm sure are only going to get more difficult here in the coming weeks. So thank you for your service. Just wanted to put that out there. And, uh, well, you know, if you don't agree with anything that I just said, then I have one word for you and one word only. Whack. This has been That's Whack Wednesday. That's Whack Wednesday with Jeff Andreas. Well, on that note, it's about time to end things here. If you have any burning questions or you have a subject you want me to hear more, uh, talk more about, or you just want to say hi, please don't hesitate to shoot me an email, jandreas at stingray.com, or hit me up on Twitter at Jeffrey underscore Andreas. 
Well, that wraps things up for me here today. I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And, of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know that I enjoyed our time while it lasted. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be back here tomorrow on Thursday at 9.